0: Hola lab rats. Shit's uh, gotten real around here so I've been tasked with handling another episode by Queen V. Unfortunately multiple family members are sick with COVID. One is in the hospital on a ventilator. So after some drinking and shedding tears yesterday um, I decided to go ahead and hide from it all by researching some malignant misdeeds. Really want to thank you all for being part of the crime-loving clan. So we will go ahead and begin. I've just got a few um, short stories Then I thought we'd do something different to give myself and everyone a break from the Rebecca Zahau case and go over some super weird tales that I found from Ranker. Good old Ranker. Damn near killed her. So the first thing I wanted to start with is I took this story down after a ghost walk here in Columbus, and it's the vampire of the Ohio State pen, a.k.a. all the president's vampires. Now we're talking about 1882, and the Brooklyn Daily Eagle reported on a deranged inmate moving from an Ohio prison to an asylum. Said criminal had been charged with being a vampire and living on human blood killing two prior to prison and two while incarcerated. The president of the U.S. spared him from execution, hence part of the title, Andrew Johnson. This plasma-loving lunatic was one James Brown, and I know where your mind goes, the singer, but it's not. This Portuguese sailor had been found 25 years ago on a fishing smack. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. I thought, like, It's violent, but it's not. So on this fishing boat, after two fellow crew members were missing, Brown was supposedly located while sucking the blood from one of the bodies, while the other body was nearby, sans blood. He reportedly said when caught, I feel good. I did go there. I'm pandering. And he was due to be hanged, but President Johnson commuted it his sentence to life in prison which according to this article is basically forever for a vampire the actual pardon was found through the research for a story on this which proves James Brown existed and that he did have a sentence commuted so your mind may go to like mine why why would a president commute a sentence for this person Brown started writing to then Gov. Grover Cleveland claiming he was attacked by a shipmate and because there were no witnesses to support his act of self-defense. So he's saying that he was attacked. This did happen in uh, broad daylight. There were other witnesses, but they, his witnesses are out to sea. There was one proven murder with a knife, not four, in the dark of the night with fangs. So we got one knife no fangs. So they did this whole thing about how it could have got started, how just one how it was traced back to one paper, probably tried it out to another. So just journalism, basically, at its um, National Enquirer finest. Let me tell you, that wasn't how I thought it would turn out. But again, it makes a really good story on a ghost walk. Another thing I found isn't Creepy, it's kind of just head scratching, like a lot of things we talk about here. I was reading in, I believe it was Newsday, that the billionaire heiress book prompts Paperboy to finally tell his story about the night the heiress ran over her designer. Now, this came about. I don't have it down. I thought it was news news day. Anyway, so this so we're talking about Dorothy Duke. Sorry, Doris Duke. And Doris Duke was a tobacco heiress, and this was in the 60s. She apparently accidentally, quote unquote, hit her her, um, interior designer, Eduardo Torella. He was slammed through the lock gates and crushed under speeding tires. And Peter Lance, who's a Vanity Fair writer, he wrote a book about this uh, Eduardo Torella's death. America's Richest Woman, Doris Duke. It was Newport, Rhode Island. The police were contacted, and they did their investigation, said it was an unfortunate accident. But the evidence suggests that she murdered her longtime designer for trying to leave her employment and pursue a career in Hollywood. And there's a history here with uh, Dukes, Dukes's. She had a volatile nature. She was known for stabbing one of her husbands in a rage and, to quote the article, had fought umpteen court battles. So litigation was her favorite foreplay. as a former business manager. She could be incredibly vindictive. So we're talking about October 7th in 66. Duke and Torella were leaving her estate after an argument. So they're in her car. He exited the driver's side to open the gate. She was in the passenger seat, slides over as he's walking to the gate, and she guns the car right at him. She claims, of course, that the car just took off. And a closer look at the 66 Dodge Polara shows she had to manually disengage the parking brake. As we all know, you have to do. Some also suspect that the chief who later bought two Florida condos, was paid off. Either way, poor Eduardo was gone. He was, he was dead. Thus, as one of his surviving friends told me, he was literally killed on the night before the rest of his life. That's what makes this study in class privilege a tragedy of Shakespearean dimensions. So, to further this, I mean, if that's not enough, this book was, came out recently, and Lance says he's signing, he's at a book signing, Homicide at Rough Point is the name of the book, when Marine Corps veteran Bob Walker tells him he was a paperboy in Newport at that time, and was there when it happened. He said he heard the whole thing, and his story that I'm about to tell does bra- back up A story previously pieced together by a police investigator. So the official version is that Torella got out of the car to open the gate. Doris slid into the driver's seat. That's when she told the police the car leaped forward and ran him down. What Walter says he heard was an impact, a scream, and then another impact. He pedaled his bike over to see what was going on. He saw Duke unharmed, blocking his view on the back of the car where Torella was pinned. When he asked if she needed help, she yelled at him, you better get the hell out of here. So he says that he never told the authorities. You know, he's a little paper dude, so. But he did tell the story to a few friends over the years. And Lance, the writer of the book, did interview those people that he had spoken with, and it matches the accident reconstruction. So, the narrative that was accepted by the cops was not the narrative that I remembered, the paperboy walker told the Associated Press. So, interesting. And after I heard that she had, you know, shot an ex and whatnot, huh, no, no, actually stabbed, it says. Just interested in a little bit more about the old Doris Duke. Hmm. So we will move on to some super weird crimes that I got for Ranker. I didn't really look into these much, just kind of took it for face value based on what they said. A few of them I may have just because I felt like it needed to be a little bit more of a complete picture. But the first one we'll talk about is a man was locked in a pigeon cage for 20 years by his siblings. Now this is in Spain late 2015 and the police were investigating a brother and sister when they discovered a third sibling who'd been kept in a dove coat. Never heard of that before, had to look it up. So for those the rest of us that need to know, a structure, a dove coat is a structure intended to house pigeons or doves. Dove coats may be freestanding structures in a variety of shapes or built onto the end of a house or barn they generally contain pigeon holes for the birds to nest that's according to wikipedia so if you look up dovecote d-o-v-e-c-o-t-e it's usually like attached to it looks like a mansion it always looks like some big old thing so i don't think there's a lot of dovecotes in suburbia but hmm, maybe i'm wrong so they go on to explain that the Spanish man, 59, had been freed after spending almost 20 years in a cage, in caged and in human conditions in a three meter pigeon coop, allegedly at the hands of his family. Now it doesn't say what brought the police to investigate the brother and sister that they found him, but it's a good thing. Spanish police raided the property They found a mentally ill man naked on a filthy mattress with only a bucket for a toilet. No running water, toilets. They said it was deplorable conditions. The man's brother, 76, and sister, 61, were arrested on suspicion of unlawful detention and abuse. Police suspect the pair began holding their sibling captive in 96 after he had his last medical checkup. So that was the last time he was seen by anybody. The cell containing the man was reportedly, like I said, a dovecote. Police said it adjoined the house in which the brother and sister lived, but it was only accessible by two doors barred by a padlock, chain, and wooden beam. Maybe he was really like a werewolf. Hmm. Then mentally ill. Let's just say that. Make me feel a little bit better. Maybe not. And the man is reportedly being treated in the hospital, so hopefully he's getting the all the care that he needs and... Wow, away from his family, that's uh, unfortunate. This one's a little lighter. Man throws a live alligator through a drive through window. Now, this guy was making a stop at a drive through of his local Wendy's. He throws a three-and-a-half-foot alligator through the restaurant's window. He was 23. He pulled up to grab an order and server hand him his drink. When the worker turned around... The dude reached into the back of his truck and threw the alligator through the window, landed in the restaurant. So I did look into this just a little more. And from the daily, the new daily said the law law enforcement say the suspect admitted to picking up the alligator by the side of the road and bringing it with him to Wendy's. I wonder if there was any type of drug testing or whatever. This was, I believe, in Florida. So Florida man. The gator was later released into a nearby canal to go about his day while the customer is facing charges of aggravated assault and unlawful possession and transportation of an alligator, which I think generated, like I said, in Florida or Ohio. But, you know, it's Florida right now. Then we have that a man stabbed in the butt on the subway. Now, this is 2015. Starts off saying... A man with the strongest butt ever was stabbed multiple times while trying to get off the subway. Oddly enough, he didn't realize he was stabbed until he got home. So I did look into this a little bit more. This is from DNA Info. It's in New York Magazine. It's happened in Queens. The victim said his attacker was wearing a red and black checkered coat and black pants. So be on the lookout. Uh, Maybe have a pillow or some kind of a, you know, those gloves oven mitts in your pants. said the man followed him when he got on the train, and when he got off at the Union Turnpike station, he said the man bumped into his buttocks and then did it a few more times. He said he didn't really think much of it, and he didn't know the guy. They didn't have words. There was no dispute. You know, so he gets home. He doesn't feel anything, but uh, he sees blood on his pants realized that he was actually stabbed three puncture wounds in his left buttock and one to the right each of them about half an inch wide so he was taken to the hospital and was in stable condition so wow hm yeah so like i said just wear you know some kind of oven mitts down your pants This one is a naked man falling through a ceiling and destroying everything. In what sounds like a stress dream, 24-year-old naked man crashed through the ceiling of a home in British Columbia and proceeded to rummage through the house, destroying everything in his wake. So the family arrives home. They found their house in shambles. And they said that he totaled the master bedroom, went into the closet, didn't steal anything, but just like went through everything went on to look into this. Thank you, Vice. And this 24-year-old man was arrested after he was found naked and stuck in the air vent. So yeah, I'm really glad I looked into this one. He had broken into the house, rummaged through it, destroyed a lot of it. Tara Stanley and her family were on their way to Vancouver when she received word from their neighbors that there's a big loud noise coming from their home and so of course she says well i'm not there and that's when things got weird she said the neighbor later found out that it was an intruder who somehow managed to break into the home via a vent on the roof of the house I wonder what he thought they had like cool pokemon cards is that a thing still he was found stuck in a vent and wrapped in insulation somehow trying to warm himself with it He took out the wires in the vent on the neighbor's side and he totally took out the vent on my side and he came in through the roof. He started kicking in through the roof above every room in the house. He totaled my master bedroom, went into the closet. He didn't steal anything, but my bedroom was rummaged. The man appears to have stripped down while in the house. You know, it gets hot. All that rummaging and fury for finding whatever. Stanley notes that his underwear... Were left on top of her toilet. Isn't that nice? She can sell them on eBay. I'm sure some perv would want them. Police later arrived and arrested the man before bringing him to hospital to assess injuries. He was later released on a promise that he'd appear in a court at a later date. Wonder if he did. <laughs> Takes all kinds, people. Takes all kinds. Next one is a water company employee tries to blow up his co workers. Now, I'm going to keep this lighter. This isn't, I mean, obviously he did this, but um, you'll see what I mean. An Uncompahgre Valley Water User Association employee, I totally didn't say that right, named Aaron English, spent years building bombs and detonating them near his co-workers while also defecating and putting it in their lunch. Didn't look into that part of it at all. During his trial... English didn't give a reason for his actions, but he did go into so much detail on how he built the bombs that the judge actually suggested he exercised his right Amendment, his Fifth Amendment right. Huh <laughs> Man steals trout. Peas everywhere. It starts out sometimes you just got to snack on some trout. Which is, I think, like Shakespeare or something, but which is exactly what David Wiley was going to do when he started trying to steal trout by shoving it down his pants. Very covert. When police approached him, he started peeing all over the place and saying that nothing he did mattered because his crimes were only misdemeanors. So, you can't touch me. I'm not touching you. It's, yeah, real mature we move on to a naked peeping Tom wearing a Reagan mask caught on camera. On New Year's Eve in Vestalia Hills, a man wearing nothing but a Ronald Reagan mask and a sock, doesn't say right or left, was caught on camera snooping around a house. One of the people who lived at the house caught the peeping Tom while he was taking out the trash and he scared him off. Now, I think it's the guy that lived there taking out the trash. I don't think the Ronald Reagan, one sock dude, was like, hey, let me help you out. But, you know, that'd be a good story, too. And he's hoping the um, person that lived there said that he maybe he spooked him off enough to not go to another house and maybe just not do this again. That is a really good visual, though. And again, wonder if alcohol had anything to do with it. Maybe... Like, the kids are doing, you know how they used to do bath salts? Maybe now they, like, those um, fire-hot Cheetos, maybe they, like, like inhale them, like, you know, through their nostrils. I'm going to try it. Female vampires attack New Zealand. This is 2016. And multiple unrelated incidents of women attacking people by biting them were reported one of the victims lost so much blood that he was left in serious condition at a local hospital. If that's not strange strange enough, a third person was bitten in a domestic dispute a few days before both of the previously mentioned events. So this happened, I guess that was the lead up. Someone's like, yeah, you can do something. What if like, remember when Mike Tyson bit that dude's ear in a fight? What if that started off something and there was a lot of like, Everybody was ear biting. Na, 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 I'm sure you love me singing. And we're winding down here. But it's good. These, this one's good. I think it might be my favorite. Garlic knots send friends into a fury. Now, I don't know if you know what a garlic knot is, but it's kind of like a breadstick tied in a said cannot. And four friends totally freaked and smashed up a pizzeria after they found out that their order of garlic knots was covered in cheese. Wow. The nut the knots, well the nuts, they're they're nuts. The knots put them in such a fury that they threw food at the workers and knocked a cash register and fax machine off a counter. Yikes. I wonder if they even tried it. What if the irony here is they tried it and it was like their new thing or they like go home and start making it. And moving on to woman steals $11 worth of frozen food. And of course, it's not that simple. Let us see. Dallas, Texas. Diamond Lawrence was arrested after stealing $11 worth of frozen food from, you know it, a Walmart. Before scratching one of the workers and saying, you're welcome. Had, had to look this up a little bit more. New York Daily News went on to say that 25-year-old Diamond Lawrence attacked an employee in a bid to give him the HIV virus, which I think that's the V in the H-I is the virus. Anyway, and make off with that stolen frozen food, right? So (laughs) Lawrence was like, I'm going to just go on out with my little booty here. Well, I don't know what size her butt was, but, you know, with my take. And the employee was like, hey, you got to come back with that. That's when she told the worker she had HIV and said, I can infect whomever I please. She struck the worker and scratched his neck, attempting to draw blood and expose him. That's when she said, you're welcome. Hmm. What can you say about it? And are we shocked that people freak out about wearing a mask? Not, not after hearing these things, kids. Not at all. I'm gonna wrap up the little mini sewed here by doing a little short crime keep crime keepers beakers up I'm going to focus today on us all of us out there getting up every day taking it step by step sometimes times like these minute by minute just trying to get it done I like the tiny buddha website And I often go to their feed and I took the last little parting bit of wisdom here to hopefully sum this up. I will breathe. I will think of solutions. I will not let my worry control me. I will not let my stress level break me. I will simply breathe and it will be okay because I don't quit. So like I said, Minute by minute sometimes, second by second. Sometimes all you need to do is just breathe through it. We'll get through it. And uh, hopefully we'll have good news about family and uh, move forward together stronger. So I appreciate you guys hanging in with me. And you know what they say. Well, what I say anyway. Is that time, lab rats? Queen V is calling me back into the lab with the smells of fish head goodness. Remember, everybody has to find their truth. Mine is Abby Normal. If you enjoy the experience and experiments of Murder Lab, go to Facebook, Instagram, and murderlabmedia.com for updates. Share with your friends, those you created in a lab or not. As long as they can subscribe and listen, we'll take it. Murder Lab is available on Google Play and iTunes. The RSS feed is on MurderLabMedia.com for you to plug into your podcast app. We can always use more lab rats.